Welcome to Shi'ar Jeshub, coming from Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing the Through the Bible study entitled Heavenly Authority, taught by our pastor and my husband, Greg Scalzo. The current sermon is from the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. And when we left off in our last broadcast, Pastor was discussing God's selection of Saul as Israel's first king. He read in chapter 10, verse 27, how some troublemakers, or children of Belial, despised Saul, saying, How can this man save us? And then Pastor Greg compared this to the same reaction of many to one much greater than Saul, our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let us rejoin Pastor Greg Scalzo for the Sunday message. How one man can cause such a reaction that he can soften the hearts of sinners and people can understand he's a good shepherd and run to him and be changed and how others can rile against him and despise him and despise the fact that he is the chosen one that God has given for our salvation. He's done no evil to them, and yet they despise him. The reaction for good and for those that don't want the way of God, how obsessed they are with him and hatred. Jesus taught his disciples at the Last Supper in John chapter 15 and verse 18. He said, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So as they respond to him, they'll respond to his servants. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. All this talk about God on television, if people don't know who the Father is, how will they understand that Jesus is the only way? God becomes a Santa Claus figure, an all-encompassing force, something we just want to bless us without any personality or decrees or rights or wrongs. They don't know him. So they understand that we're sinful. They think we're all good. And they don't understand the need for a savior. And they don't understand the need for the love of Jesus. And all it does when you talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ is tell them they're not so good. So they despise you and they despise him. He said, the world hates me. He says in verse 23, he who hates me hates my father also. They talk about Christians being intolerant. I say the worst hate crime in all of human history was when an innocent man who never once sinned was crucified on that cross. The world hated him. And they show that hatred by action. The Romans took him and they nailed him to the cross and he was crucified. And when they hate and react against us, we know in Christian history, 
killing Christians, running through the streets, slaying them. That's a hate crime. Saying what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong is not a hate crime. Jesus was hated by the world. He said, he who hates me hates my father also. In verse 24, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. Consider the United States of America, how much we've seen of the blessings, what the beautiful bounty there is that comes from belief in Jesus Christ. If we see, and yet in our country there are those that despise the name of Jesus, you have to hide the name of Jesus. Consider how great our sin is. Verse 25, he said, But this happened, that the word might be fulfilled, which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. What did he do that was so bad? People came sick, he healed them. People had sinful lives, he forgave them and changed them. He spoke about the holiness of God. He spoke about the evil of the enemy. What was so bad? They hated him without cause. There are just some rebels, some troublemakers, some children of Belial that are dead set against the way of God and they despise him without cause. They grumbled against the anointing of God's choice back at the time of Saul. And Saul, we said, was a frail man. They grumbled against the holy, pure, innocent one in their midst that even the thief on the cross knew this man has done nothing to deserve this. Even hard Pilate who slayed the Galileans as they offered their sacrifices said, this man is innocent. And he washed his hands. He didn't want to be guilty of the innocent blood. They hated him without cause. Let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 11. Then Nahash, Nahash the Ammonite, Remember the Ammonites? They're a nomadic race that was descended from Ammon, who was Lot's son. They became enemies of Israel. They're people just on the other side of the Jordan, northeast of Moab. Uh, the Ammonites, the name comes into modern-day uses with Ammon in Jordan, the capital city. And we also studied how Jephthah had earlier on defeated them in the book of Judges. Well, this one, Nahash, the Ammonite, came up and encamped against Jabesh-Gilead. Now, Jabesh-Gilead is a town that's within the territory of that half-tribe of Manasseh that settled on the other side of the Jordan. So they're in proximity to Ammon. And the Ammonites come and they encamp and they besiege Jabesh-Gilead, the Israelites there. And all the men of Jabesh said to Nahash, the Ammonite, make a covenant with us and we will serve you. They're afraid. They're surrounded. They're on the other side of the Jordan. They're afraid of this Ammonite king and his power. They've been besieged. Maybe they're hungry. They're thirsty. Maybe they have no water, no food. So in fear, they're willing to make a contract. They're willing to make a peace treaty. They're willing to pay the tribute tax, is what it means. You know, we'll serve you, we'll give you money, just give us peace. But you know, some people 
you just can't make peace with them. You can say peace and security, peace and security, peace and security, but with them there is no peace because they're like those rebels. They're troublemakers. They're not satisfied. And actually the more you give and the more you offer, the weaker they think you are and the more they look to take. And sometimes in civilized society, which comes off of Judeo-Christian principles, that's why we're civilized, we don't understand how the others feel, how the enemy feels. We can't comprehend. We figure, well, if we want to make peace and we want things secure and nice, certainly they would want it too. And if we give to them and give to them and give to them, it'll certainly please them and they'll stop. And it's really a religious ignorance on the part of our society that we don't understand how people can be motivated by evil desires and not be civilized. Doesn't mean they're not intelligent. They can be very intelligent, very smart, very diabolical. And when you have a troublemaker, no matter what you do sometimes, you're not going to make any peace. Now, we're blessed for trying. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called the sons of God. But we also need to know the truth. And the Bible teaches there are those that just look to kill and steal and destroy because their father is not God, but the enemy, Satan. So not all religions are alike, not all societies are alike, not all belief systems are alike, not all cultures are alike. Every human being is made in the image of God, is valuable, and Jesus Christ died for them, and we should desire to see them come into the kingdom of heaven. But it's a lie to say that everything is all the same. These people sue for peace, will serve you, will pay you. What is Nahash? How does he respond? Look what he requires. Verse 2, And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, On this condition I will make a covenant with you, that I may put out all your right eyes and bring reproach or disgrace on all Israel. He doesn't just want money. He just doesn't want servants. He wants to humiliate them, torture them, torment them. He wants to take out every one of the people's right eye. At what point do you say, enough, this man is not looking for peace, and then seek the Lord God Almighty and say, Lord, we need your protection. But they are very afraid. He wants to humiliate all of Israel. What a horrible, terrible, torturous, diabolical thing he's asking of them. You want me to keep you alive? You got to let me gouge out each one of your right eyes. Verse 3, Then the elders of Jabesh said to him, Hold off for seven days, that we may send messengers to all the territory of Israel. And then if there is no one to save us, deliver us, we will come out to you. Then we'll do what you want, and you can take our right eye. So Nahash must get a jolly out of this. Let them send the messengers to Israel. No one's going to come fight for them. They'll be really disgraced. They're going to come out, and we're going to put out their right eyes. They're looking for a savior. They're looking for a deliverer. You know, someone could say, well, what about the Ammonites? The Ammonites had gods. They were religious people. Aren't all gods the same? Isn't it all the one God? No. The gods of the Ammonites were false gods. They were evil gods, and the people did evil because it was not the truth. It wasn't the true creator God. And these people needed deliverance. They needed a savior. And how we need a Savior today, how we need the Lord Jesus Christ. 
from the impossible situations that can come upon this world in times of trials and dangers, the only answer is in him. He said in the Gospel of John in chapter 16, verse 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. How do you really have peace? It's not making a contract or a treaty with the enemy. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. With every trial and tribulation that comes, we ought to have peace inside of us because Jesus Christ overcame the world. And that victory on the cross, I don't think we even understand the, the limitless boundaries, the scope of what's given to us by his victory when he overcame the world. He overcame us, he overcame the sin in us, the evil in us, he overcame death, he overcame the world systems, he overcame all the principalities and authorities. And if we trust in him, he's the savior that this land needs. We hope you join us next time as Pastor Greg Scalzo continues this Sunday message. Our address is Shi'ar Jashub, P.O. Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Though our P.O. Box is in Branford, our Sunday service is at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. Service is at 10 a.m., and the hall can be reached by taking I-95 to exit 61. Go south on Route 79 to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. We pray the Lord Jesus blesses you as you grow in the knowledge of Him.